It's the Grateful Badass Podcast. Are you on a quest for living a meaningful life filled with gratitude? Well, the Grateful Badass Podcast is just for you. With inspiring topics and badass guests doing badass things, this show is all about grateful living, badass style. Hey there, this is Grateful Badass. Thank you so much for joining me on today. Super excited to be back with you. I hope everything is good on your area of the world. Hope everything is good. Thank you so much for stopping in and listening and supporting the Grateful Badass Podcast. If it is your first time joining the Grateful Badass Podcast, welcome. Welcome to you and I definitely appreciate you. Thank you for stopping in and taking a listen and I hope do hope that you enjoy Thank you for liking and sharing the Grateful Badass podcast. And I'm really just going to jump right in. I have a special guest for you on today, as promised, uh, for the last week or so. Was definitely gratefully able to nail down a call of a call with a special guest in regards to a very special topic for me that had been on my heart and mind for a number of weeks. And I'm really excited for you to uh, just take a listen to the call that we were able to, that I was able to have with my special guest. And I'm going to introduce her right now. Okay, here's my guest bio. All right, she is a native of Memphis, Tennessee. Yay, she's a homegirl. She is a graduate of Memphis Central High School, the high school, a classmate of mine. She's also a graduate of Spelman College which with a BS in biology. She's a graduate of Washington University School of Medicine. She is a graduate of the University of Maryland with an MS in epidemiology. She completed her residency training in preventive medicine and psychiatry at the University of Maryland in Baltimore. She currently resides in Atlanta, Georgia with her husband and three kids. She is embarking on a new career chapter providing psychiatric services with the Georgia Department of Corrections and embarking on her own private practice in the Metro Atlanta area by the name of Peachtree Integrative Psychiatry. Welcome my special guest and classmate and homegirl, Dr. Allison Barnes-Baker. Hey there, this is Grateful Badass. I have my classmate and friend, Allison Barnes-Baker on the line. As my special guest, thank you so much, Alice, for joining. How are you doing? I am great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, absolutely, Allison. So it has been years, and we're classmates, high school classmates, and it's been years. I don't believe that I have seen or talked with you. Am I wrong since we graduated? (laughs) I don't think so. Not that I can recall. Exactly. Not not. Not that, uh, obviously not intentionally, it's just that, um, just what, life, would you agree? <laughs> would you <Definitely>. agree? <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes, I'm definitely, definitely excited to speak with you, and um, the Grateful Badass audience wants to hear from you and all that you have going on. So how should we start? So tell me just, um, so what, is, what, what, is, what do you do for a living, Allison? I am a psychiatrist. Um, Adult psychiatry is my focus. I will treat adolescents sometimes, but I prefer to treat adults. Okay. All right. So, you know, I have an interest um, in psychiatry only because my work 
in the criminal back in Georgia. Um, I work with the criminal justice system. And so I don't know, it's just a little, I, I guess, and we all have, um, I guess we all have that one family member that suffers from mental illness, and then we all have, have our own day-to-day issues. Um, that I think are borderline mental health <laughs> issues. So mm-hmm. that's I, I really wanted to speak with you honestly when I um, – actually what sparked the, the interest again, renewed the interest in my head was the case spade, truthfully, the case spade and the Anthony Bourdain, uh, the back-to-back suicides. And I was thinking – and then – also, Allison, and then everyone posts, oh, depression, oh, if you need help, reach out to someone, oh, if you need, but I'll, and then it dies down and it goes away, and no one, exactly. just like right now, we, yeah. we hear birds peep <laughs> in regards to mental health and depression until it happens again. So what's your take on all of that? And after those suicides, um, I actually went and started doing some research and suicide has actually increased pretty dramatically in the United States um, over the past 10 to 15 years. And even as someone working in the field, I didn't realize that the rate of suicide had increased so much. Um, so you said so it's, 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 so it's increased or decreased recently? Increased. Increased. Okay. It's, it's okay. increased right. by about 30% oh, over the past goodness. 15 years. 15 years, um, and it's increased in the African-American community as well, specifically in African-American children, which I was unaware of, completely unaware of, since I treat adults what, mainly. Would this be teenagers, you think? Um, the statistics I found um, said that ages 5 to 12, no way, ages 5 to 12, suicide rate of African-American children is two times that of white children. And that is completely new since I was in training. When I was in training, African-American children actually had lower rates of suicide than white children. Right. So oh, wow. Well, five to change. 12 years of age, that's not even, that's not the age group that I'm thinking and that I think that maybe right. typically would be thought of when you say children. So... Okay, please give me just your view on five to twelve year olds and why you think that it would double would be double in these last years in our in our in our racial group. I mean, what I've seen in the news is a lot of um, you know the early middle school children, sixth graders, fifth graders that age. They're already on social media, right. and a lot of. Bullying and cyberbullying, that's what I see. And Oh, wow. You see these cases on Facebook, on the news of the 11 or 12-year-old that goes in their room and kills themselves, and the parents had no idea what they were dealing with at school. Right. Wow. So that is brand new to me, um, ages 5, to 12. Oh, my goodness. You know, in my thinking, why are, okay, this is my personal opinion. I know all parents have their different take on this issue, but why are five to 12-year-olds on Instagram or or Facebook? Why are they on social media? Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm coming from this as a mother as well. 
Yeah, I will say that it's very difficult, even as an involved parent with lots of resources, to keep my children off of the small screens. Um, this is so true. A, as yeah, as a mother. battle. And yes. I think of parents that may not have, you know, a single mom that's working two jobs. How does she monitor the screen time? I don't this, know. This, this is true, and I'm going to check my, my judgment on in, the, in that area because as a single parent myself, I I absolutely try to keep uh, the screen time. I try to monitor the screen time because, you know, I have a teenager. She's 14. Mm-hmm. And I do try to monitor the screen time, but it would be virtually impossible, you know, to see and check every – to be able to 100% monitor your kid. It's just not going to happen. And you're right. You're right. And so – Hence, I can see why five-year-olds to 12-year-olds, first first of all, they have cell phones. You're right. So I can see how they definitely will be, um, could be on social media. Wow. And it's a struggle as a parent. Um, I got my kids' phones earlier than I thought I would because I felt like it was a safety device. So did I. So, so did I. <laughs> Yeah, and so that's that's this. Okay, so what do you think about now? What about the backlash from? I know you've heard of that Netflix series that got a that has got a lot of backlash from from viewers. And um, what is it called? Oh gosh, I can't it's, remember, but I know what you're is, talking about oh, because I have yes. a 14 year old as well. And when the backlash came about, I talked to her about it and specifically asked her about it, but I can't remember the name. Something. 13 Reasons oh. or something Yes, like that. that's I can't it. Remember. You're right. Okay. That's it. It's just 13 Reasons, I believe, because okay. there's a book. There's a book, okay. which we didn't know about it, and um, 13 Reasons. And so my, uh, you know, just being honest, my daughter did watch, but I made sure we do talk about these things, and, you know, I, we try to have open dialogue, you know, within our household just to make sure how she was, you know, what, what, what did you allow your, your, is your daughter 14 or your son? Or? She's 14. My daughter's oh, 14. Your daughter. And by the time I found out about it, she had already watched it. Yeah, unbeknownst yep. to me. So yep, we yep. <laughs> talked about her experience with it. And she honestly really didn't think it was a big deal. She was like, I don't know why anyone wanted to watch that. It, okay. it was not a big deal to her. Um, but same for my daughter, you know, a kid that's already depressed, you know, may have had a different experience watching exactly, that. Exactly. Exactly. I do agree with that. Now I, I'm torn in regards to 13 reasons. I like it just like in regards to the backlash portion of it. Um, I just think that you just have to monitor your child as best you can, and you have to have that open dialogue. I'm not the psychiatrist. You are. Right. <laughs> I'm not trying to I, give I any type of. I agree, and I just feel like anything that gets me and my daughter talking about these issues is a good thing. That's it. That's it. But like you said, just uh, just in regards to those busy parents, they may not have the time or what have you, or those and those children that are already depressed. Then I guess you could say that it could have a. I suppose I don't know, maybe an, um, some kind of negative effect. Definitely. Um, but you know, yeah. I think it's just—I think it's just one of those things. You know, when rap music came out, our parents were concerned about. <laughs> us That's true. 
this is to true. that. <laughs> this is just what this generation that's has right. to grapple with, and we and have we to have walk to, them through it. That's right, and we have to recognize it too, because you know, my, you know, I don't think my parents really knew that I was. I'm sure they had an idea, um, but <laughs> that I was really listening to as much hip hop as I was. <laughs> exactly. Likewise. Yes. So I have to check myself on that when I while I'm parenting. But but let's get back. So suicide in regards to adults, and this is your ex- area of expertise. Yes. yes. So when you have a friend that, or you have a neighbor that that you notice a change, and they're not speaking, and they they you haven't spoken with them in months, and you think that there's something going on, what what do you as as a friend and advocate, what do you do? What do you what would you advise? Honestly, ask that person what is going on. Okay. Um, just you know, just like you said it to me. You know, I noticed I haven't seen you out. You haven't returned my calls. What's going on? What can I do? Um, right. And people will tell you asking what can I do to help is not the right thing, but it can be a start. And you know. Showing up, if you have that kind of relationship with a person, if they're not answering calls, go knock on their door. Um, I, I totally agree. But then, Allison, you know, the pushback with that is that we live in a, in a, in a society, especially in New York City, that I've realized. And the, it's true that New Yorkers only stay in their own lanes. They are not even frank, even close close friends, even even church, church community, um, you know, people, they kind of, are secretive, not secretive. They're just yes. private. They just mind yes. their own business because there's so much going on. And I know not only in New York, other cities and towns as well. So, you know, that kind of goes against our societal norm. Unfortunately, that societal norm nowadays is that we all stay in our own lanes. We all mind our own business. But then, you know, then we hear about the negative, you know, the suicides and, and like you said, the increase uh, within the last 15 and, years, and that's staggering. That is absolutely staggering. And, and then, you know, when you have that sort of gut feeling something's going on, if something does happen, right. you don't want to be in hindsight, I wish I had taken that extra step. I wish I had done absolutely. that. So absolutely. It, it may be going out of your comfort zone mm-hmm. to try and avoid being in that situation later. Yeah, but I think it's, it's necessary. Wouldn't you agree? Definitely. So, so what about that person, the 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 actual person that's going through? How how would you maybe maybe I don't know maybe one of our listeners is is feeling depressed and feels as though you know life is just not worthwhile. What would without giving? Um, I don't know how you you know as an attorney we have our we're careful about giving right. legal, legal advice. But <laughs> how, how, what would you say to that case? I think. If you get to the point, anybody, where you are actually thinking of ending your life, you have to reach out to someone. If it's a family member or a clergy person or just go to the emergency room, depending on how severe those thoughts are, um, the most dangerous thing is to stay alone and sit with those thoughts. Because if you were thinking clearly you wouldn't be thinking of ending your life. Absolutely, absolutely. 
you know, because life can be hard, and I must admit, as a single mom and just, you know, life in general, you come to situations, you're like, man, you know, this is a lot. Life is a lot. <laughs> Definitely. But, but I heard someone, and I don't know who the quote is attributed to, say that majority of the time, you know, 99% of the time, suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Absolutely. Um, yes, and most exactly. people that I see that get stopped from committing suicide are happy that their suicide plan failed for whatever reason. Okay. I see. I see. So because it's then, you know, you, go ahead. I'm sorry, no, go ahead. It's no, just getting first, through first, that moment, that, that moment that, where it feels like that's a good option. You have to get through that moment some kind of way. Yep. And you, because, you know, from personal experience, you know, there's been times when the hills and the valleys and, but because you get past them, you really do. At the time, speaking personally as a single parent, as, you know, moved across the country, um, I don't know, you, you, you really do get past it. I know it sounds like, I don't know, cliche or whatever, but it, you do. You just, but at that moment, you feel like nothing's working out, the bills are overpowering you, the student loans are drowning you. But exactly. you get past you get past it, and so I just want to you know encourage anyone in that space to uh, as Definitely. Dr. Barnes no Dr. I'm sorry Dr. Baker your married name Dr. Baker yeah. has shared you have to uh, what was it again emergency room uh, re- clergy, clergy reach out family friend anyone that will listen and not brush you off absolutely and that's sad not brush you off. That's a, that's real. I think that that's real. I'm glad you added that because I do believe that, you know, people would, you know, some people would just think you're just talking. So I don't, I think that if anyone comes to you, you know, I don't think you should definitely, you should take them serious. I don't care what you think about that person. You know, they exaggerate, whatever, they're drama queens, whatever, you know, take them seriously. Don't brush them off. And so what made I you, wanted to. Uh-huh. One thing I just one more thing on suicide. One myth that I hear a lot about suicide, and it came up a lot with Anthony Bourdain that it's a selfish act, um, and that's from a rational thinking. If you're thinking straight, it's right. pure selfish. But when people get to that low point, they truly feel like it's better for them and for everyone they love that they are gone. Oh, oh, wow. They oh, really wow. do feel that way, and that's why you'll see parents take the children with them because oh, yes. they feel like it's better for the children. And that's hard to wrap yeah. your head around if you've never it been sure in that is. space. But that's truly how they are thinking. Because, you know, the first thing I have to admit, as a mother, um, Kate Spade, and she has a daughter around our, our, our daughter's age, and I first thought, my first thought was not that she has all this money and notoriety. My first thought was, but she has a, but you have a kid, you know, mm-hmm. and it just, but as you, as you say, it's, they think it's better for everyone, huh? Yeah. So what, what made psychiatry? Why, why did she choose psychiatry? You know, I went to medical school planning to be a surgeon. <laughs> and, oh, okay. Um, you know, the way medical school is structured, you do two years of classroom work and 
Then you go and start doing rotations, and you do one thing at a time. So you do a surgery rotation, you do an internal medicine rotation, you do obstetrics and gynecology. And I didn't like any of them until I got to psychiatry. (laughs) Isn't that interesting how things work out sometimes? (laughs) Yes. And let me put a pin in right here is that I want to encourage anyone uh, you know, based on Dr. Barnes' story, Allison's story, it's okay to change your mind. I just want to say that. Exactly. <laughs> right? It is exactly. okay. You do not have to stick with it and be burdened and feel, you know, not happy, you know. Anyway, so you change to psychiatry in rotations. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And, 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 and because of it just, you felt a passion purpose attached or what yes. was it? It's just, you know, I just enjoyed it, you know, every day um, listening to people's stories. Um, And it really is a discipline in medicine where if you do your job well, you can be the difference between someone being homeless and sleeping under a bridge. Um, You really can make a huge difference in someone's life. Well, well, absolutely, because you can make a difference of someone – committing suicide and someone not, you know? Definitely, definitely. That, that's, that's, that's huge. <laughs> that's huge. So. That's the difference of life and death. So yes. that's, that's And a lot of people huge. don't really see that in psychiatry, but that's what drew me to it. Okay. All right. Well, I definitely thank you because, um, you know, we, we all need therapy at times, um, and so – and therapy, as I think we mentioned on a prior episode, I was speaking with a friend of mine, um, my friend Stephanie Simpson Rob, in regards to her um, Crohn's disease, and mm-hmm. you know, black people don't seek therapy. Let's talk about that. <laughs> I didn't didn't plan on that. This just briefly, black people I mean, in really therapy. Is, Allison, what is it? It really is a stigma in our community. I think um, we tend to come from most of us. Christian background, and That's so right. there's a stigma that, you know, if you're feeling depressed, you're just not faithful enough. Um, oh, my goodness. Pray your way out of it. Um, pray your way out of it. Jesus, you know, and Jesus so that adds to the through. guilt and the shame, and you're already depressed, so people just bottle it in. Um, I think yeah. also the myth of the strong black woman shouldn't True. have to ask for help. Um it's a lot of factors why we don't reach out for help. Interesting. Black people, my people, ask for help. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. And I'm just going to share something something personal. I, you know, I'm pretty transparent with, with my platform, Allison. But as you know, that my oldest is transgendered male and has been, well, at least came out to me a couple of years ago. And I okay. think I'm doing a, a pretty good job in because you know it has been it's been a doozy, <laughs> it has yeah, been I'm of sure. course. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just getting to the point where I I really think that I'm I'm doing okay. I'm I'm, I'm accepting and I'm there for my my child that it because it is my child. No matter what he is going through, I want to be there. And um, mm-hmm. you know you know love never fails. That's been my theme in in handling exactly. this situation. So there's no such thing as conditional love, right? But I, I'm at the place now, Allison, that I think that I, I'm going to need for you to give me a referral in New York City 
that okay. because I, I want to sit down and talk with someone about it because there are still are times when I do have my, and I don't mean, this, this, is, this, probably, this episode was not supposed to be just about, I don't want to be clear, this is not just about me and my transgender kid, but, you know, I just feel like now I'm just making, you know, I just want to say that I, I feel like I need to speak with someone just to talk about it because I, you know why? Because I feel like there's no one to talk to. I really do because I feel like there's right. no one that I know that has a transgender kid that mm-hmm. <laughs> that has experienced this, and so I just really want to. So you know, I'm just here Definitely. to say I'm I'm the example. I'm raising my hand. That it's okay. Well, and I mean, I think just watching you go through this on your podcast and your blog, it's been refreshing to me as a psychiatrist to see you handle it so well because I see so many broken people that have been rejected by their families. So yes, yes. Definitely true. a testament to you and your family the way you're handling this. Um, well, thank you so much. I'm a, and thank I you so much. I, I can't understand people that just throw their kid away. Like that's your I kid. cannot. <laughs> I, exactly, exactly. That's your and you know what? That's one of my motivating and I know, not not the only and not the foundation of it because you know it is my kid and I love him dearly no matter what. But I don't. I saw that, and I see that just in different spaces. Uh, you know, people throw away their children, and I just don't understand that. I don't, and I definitely. I told myself, you cannot be anything close to this, and what you see. And so, yeah, that's right. All right, so that that's just my piece with that. So. All right, so for folks who want to pursue psychiatry and what in medical school, because you know what, let me let me say one thing too, and I just want to dispel the myth because I think that people, or maybe not, but think that psychiatry or well, first of all, what's the difference between psychiatry and psychology? You have the psychologist, so a, psych- a psychiatrist, and have the psychiatrist. Is a medical doctor. Psychiatrist is a medical doctor. They've been through medical four years of medical school, and then we do something after school called residency training. So medical school teaches you to be a doctor. Residency training teaches you your specialty. So I did, after four years of medical school, four years of training to be a psychiatrist. Oh, my Um, goodness. Psychiatrists, we are trained to um, engage patients in psychotherapy, but we also can prescribe medications. Oh, Um, I see. A psychologist typically will have a Ph.D. There are... There is another degree, a PsyB, that's also a psychologist. So I have one of those two degrees. They'll do four or five years of graduate school. Um, They get a lot more intensive training on therapy. Um, So if you need extensive psychotherapy, you want to go see a psychologist um, often. There are psychiatrists that do great therapy, so I'm not discounting that. Right. But, okay, Allison, excuse my ignorance, but what exactly, I've heard people say that they are psychotherapists, but I don't, mm-hmm. I, don't even, I don't really distinguish the difference between psychologists, psychiatrists, and psychotherapists. What is a psychotherapist? Um, so anyone can call themselves a psychotherapist. You could be a social worker and be a psychotherapist. Oh. You could be a, um, they have a new classification, a licensed professional counselor, um, a licensed marriage and family therapist. Anyone okay. can be a psychotherapist. So typically um, a psychologist, though, has the most training. 
I have spent the most okay. years in school um, because they have the PhD, whereas most of those other therapists are going to be master's level. I got you. Thank you so much for making that distinction because, you know, we hear the terms and sometimes we're afraid to ask, but I want yes. to make that distinction because I hear psychologists, psychiatrists, psychologists, psychotherapy, and if you're not in that area, you really, I don't think you you know. <laughs> it can be very right? confusing. And the other thing that psychologists do, they're trained to do um, testing. So a lot of times if I have a patient and I'm really stumped, I don't know what the diagnosis is, I'll right. send them to a psychologist and they'll do seven or eight hours of testing with the person to help me narrow uh-huh. down the diagnosis. So that's another Oh, so you mean, okay, when you say testing, you mean so one person may be bipolar or one person might be, maybe, um, what's another term? Yes, exactly. So that's what you mean by testing. Yes, and they'll help okay. me figure that out with objective testing. I got you. Thank you. That, I think, yeah, I think that's important, just to distinguish mm-hmm. what we're working with here. And also, that, I think that, that'll help dispel the myth, especially in the black community, of what each um, does. And so, we, you know, we can, we can start with the basics, basic foundation. Definitely. So you cycle, right? You yes, do cycling. I do. How long have I'm you been a, doing that? I follow you on social media. So I am a cancer survivor. Um, 2014, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Um, oh. Before that, I had been an avid runner. Um, okay. okay. I ran half marathons a couple times a year. Um, and after all my cancer treatments, I had arthritis and could no okay. longer run. And um, this group that the Young Survival Coalition, it's a group for women diagnosed in their 40s and under, um, okay. they have... 200-mile bike ride called Tour de Pink. That's the major fundraiser for the group. And right. they encourage survivors to participate. And so I started cycling instead of running after breast cancer. So that's how I got started cycling. I hadn't been on a bike since I was a kid. That's the way I feel. Well, first of all, let me. Let, I feel that way until my daughter now did this biking in Central Park, and I, you know. Mm-hmm. But it, like they say, it does come back to you, doesn't it? <laughs> but Definitely. You don't, you don't yes. forget how to ride a bike. That's funny. <laughs> yes. But thank you so much for sharing um, breast cancer. That you're a, you're a survivor. I definitely appreciate that. Um, I do have a couple of friends that are survivors as well. Just went to an event a couple of weeks ago. Sisters for the Cure, sponsored by uh, okay. I believe it was CBS here in New York. Phenomenal cool. event, phenomenal information and panelists that were on stage and and uh, sharing you know different stories and dispelling different myths in regards to women and breast cancer. So thank you so much for sharing that, and I'm so happy that um, you know you you're you're well, and so yes, that's blessing. And, and it's a blessing yes. for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, so you cycle. So I'm trying to get back into um, working out, <laughs> honestly speaking, with, with, you know, just with, you know, health and well-being and just trying to make sure I stay active. So you, my and, point and is you're encouraging. exercise is a huge part of mental health. Um, okay. If you don't treat your body right, your mind is a part of that temple. So I encourage people, you know, healthy eating, exercising, that's all going to help you avoid falling into a depression. 
Yes, I personally agree because, you know what, dragging myself to the gym, I don't want to go, but when I get there and I finish, I feel like a champ. <laughs> you feel like a yes. champ, right? You feel like you're the of the world. You know, that adrenaline runs and you feel you feel awesome. So let, I'm just now I just need to help with getting to the gym or getting on the floor and doing my squat. That's the hardest part. <laughs> that's the hardest part. And I'm yes. headed to the gym as soon as we finish this call, Allison. But what I want to okay. say is that you're, I follow your cycling because, it's, it, you know, when I just, you know, friends that's moving, that's, it, it, it inspire, it's inspirational. It really is. So keep sharing your – yeah, you I will. You, please do. Do you have an event coming up um, soon? I actually – you're in New York. The next um, ride is in October, and it will be okay. on Long Island. It's the 20th anniversary of the Tour de Paint, so we'll be in Long Island. Oh, oh, wonderful. Definitely reach out when you're here. Maybe, you know. I will. Please do, Allison. We sit and have lunch or something, a brunch or something, if you can. You know, no pressure, but if you can, definitely would love definitely. to see you. Yeah, okay, so – so I'm gonna. I'm not gonna hold up too much of your time. I definitely appreciate you, Allison. And I'm, well, I have to say that I'm super, super, duper proud of you and everything that you have done. And and epidemiologist. Thank you so much. You're epidemiologist. You have like a million hats. So do you consider yes. yourself an epidemiologist as well? I I do because I look at everything through the lens of population. I don't. Okay. When I'm even when I'm working in my psychiatry um, practice or field, I'm always looking at the population lens as well. Okay. Yes. And let me just state, because uh, you know that I finished a couple of years <laughs> at, uh, mm-hmm. with, with public health, but, it, but the general public health in regards to, uh, yeah, in, re- in regards to the field. So I did, of course, you know, I had to take the courses in, in statistics the courses that are the foundation for, you know, epidemiology. And let me tell you, they it kept me up all night on many occasions. My work yes. <laughs> all night. No, no, no. classes are no joke. When I say all night, Allison, I mean all night. When I had a <laughs> paper due, not paper, when I had a homework assignment due, I would be, it took me, a good deal to for it all to click. That's my brain does not work that way. So all of the are nots and all of that. Yep. Yes. <laughs> oh boy, all night. When I tell you, I was at the table burning the midnight oil. Oh my goodness, I had two tutors doing those classes. <laughs> yes, they they so, like I said they are no joke. <laughs> none. So kudos to you, of uh, psychiatry. Um, medical doctor, you going into your work, new work, new fields. What's next for you? Is it – well, I'll let you share. What's, what's, what's next for you in regards to your work? I'm just starting a new position in the um, corrections, Georgia Department of Corrections. Okay. And I am in the process of opening a private practice. How awesome. So, okay, Two things when you do when you are open, um, your private practice is, is open. Please let me know so we can get the word out and anyone okay. in the Georgia, which because I have a great network in Georgia still, uh, living what moved from there in 2014. Great network practice still licensed in Georgia actually to practice law. So let me know when you open because I need to send your clients. So Department of Corrections. So how did that come about? Um, it's um I'm. I work in one prison, and it came about actually through networking. I met the medical director 
um, the psychiatric medical director for yes. um, the, the company that provides psychiatric services to the Georgia Department of Corrections. And we started oh. talking. And as I was transitioning out of my last full-time position, okay, because of the connections with public health, I was just like, I'm, I'm going to try this because this is a huge public health issue. Georgia, like Absolutely. many states, the Department of Corrections is the largest single provider of mental health in the state. Yes, I'm, I am aware. Unfortunately, so that's the case, right? <laughs> yes, unfortunately. unfortunately. So it's just, again, that the interest in public health intersecting with mental health got me interested, so I decided to give it a try. Well, that's phenomenal um, because I did years ago have a number of clients, uh, indigent defense clients, in the criminal justice system, and it was very sad and it was very frustrating because at the time, I don't know what's going on in particular counties that I was working in with at the time. I don't know if they have um, put in place certain programs to um, give, pe- give people um, the help that they need instead of sentencing them to jail time. Because right. back when I was practicing, it pretty much it was just jail time. There was no other okay. alternative, you know, back then, okay. and that was very frustrating. So which, which right. means that, you know, you would see them again and again and again, or, you know, because right. they would just, they would get out, and then they would, you know, not take their meds or what have you, and then it will start all over again. And it's just very, um, it was very frustrating. So it's very um, bad, too. Right, right. So all the best to you in your new position with the Department of Corrections and also in Thank private you. practice. I definitely will have, um, I want to have your information available to listeners um, okay. if they so choose to reach out once you get up and running. That's completely awesome. Okay, so I'm not going to hold up too much more of your time. I, I consider myself or I've given myself a moniker, and it's two words, and it's helped me. Grateful Badass that I came across uh, incidentally, really, and it just helps me. Uh, it's a moniker, but it also just helps me stay grounded in who I am. And it, 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 it is what I seek to live intentionally, and that's Grateful Living Badass style, and that's living in and with gra- uh, gratitude and living and trying to strive for excellence in all that I do. So that's where Grateful Badass comes from. So any two words or any one word that, you know, you you use to help you along your journey, because uh, you definitely have been doing some badass things. I have to I big up to you. So any, any one or two words that you would say that you use to help you right along your now, journey? I, right now my two words would be overwhelming and blessed. <laughs> Um, yes, I love it. I've had, okay, I've had a lot going on. Yeah, um, a lot of personal stressors, um, and just, but at the same time, a lot of opportunities and blessings, and just getting in a space where I could step back and sort all of that out. So that's where I am now. Yeah, I like that. So overwhelming and blessed. Yes. Is that right? And you know what? Because that those two words really kind of balance themselves out, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And, and it, they do, they do. They balance themselves out, and that speaks volumes to how you are, you know, living, um, you know. And and it, so wait, I have one other question, and I know people. It just popped in my head. Forgive me, Allison. Mm-hmm. Does like a psychiatrist does that work for you personally? Do you use your own 
or do you use your own magic on your your not not magic, but your your knowledge and your training? Does that help you personally? Does that help it psychiatrists does. and psychologists personally? It to a point. I think a lot of times, um, like I said, recently I was in a situation where I was just feeling very stressed, very overwhelmed, and I was able to look at it objectively and say, okay, you know what you're doing by wearing too many hats, trying to do too much. And I told myself what I would tell a client, you need okay. to step back from some of this, and that's what I did. Um, that's phenomenal. You can treat, teach. And I think that's phenomenal. <laughs> No joke. I'm not. I really do. You can have therapy with Allison and Allison. Just sit down with yourself, and that's a, yeah, that's a good lesson. Because I'm a, I'm gonna do that, and more often too. Just sit down mm-hmm. with my own self. I know I'm not a professional therapist or or a psychiatrist, but you know I can gather something from your from how you you know handle it, it, life. It can be a problem though for some people when they really do need to reach out and they're trying to take care of themselves. So you definitely have to be, make sure you're really doing what's in your own best interest when you do that. Okay. I understand that. Yeah, that that makes perfect sense. All right. So what are you most grateful for? My family. I know that's a boring answer, but it's the truth. No, that is the best (laughs) answer, I think. (laughs) That's that's, that's wonderful. Your family. I love that. Okay, Allison, thank you, Dr. Baker. I, I want to say Barnes every time from school. It's, so It's fine. Dr. People still call me Barnes. It's not a problem. Yes. <laughs> thank you so much for sharing. I definitely appreciate you. I'm super as a classmate. I wasn't surprised to hear that you are a psychiatrist because you were always super smart. I definitely remember that about you. And, um, you know, because people pay attention. Just I don't know if you <laughs> – we weren't the best of close friends back then, but I, I knew that you were always on point, and I respected and admired that about you then, and I still do now. I just want to let you know that. Well, we definitely had a class full of awesome people, so it's, it's a what? blessing to be associated with all of you. This is the truth. No slackers in our class, that's for sure. That is definitely, that's a definite. All right, so all the best to you, and thank you so much. And like I said, keep us posted with what's going on with you, and enjoy your day, Allison. All right, take care. Okay, you too. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much, Allison. I definitely appreciate your time you took from your schedule to speak with the Grateful Badass podcast and audience and platform. Thank you so much. The topic of mental health, health and mental illness has been on my heart and mind for a number of weeks. And I'm so very glad that we were able to schedule a time that was beneficial to us both to sit and have a conversation on the topic and also flow it into so many other areas, the additional areas, uh, especially inspiring areas in regards to just uh, health and well-being and self-care. And I definitely appreciate this was such an awesome conversation. Thank you once again, Allison. All the best to you and everything that you are doing and have going on your new position with the Georgia Department of Corrections, and also your private practice of psychiatry, Peace Tree Integrative um, Psychiatry Services. I definitely appreciate that. Let us know when you're up and running. I am definitely not kidding. So we can send new clients, new new patients, that is your way. Thank you once again, and all the best to you. 
listeners, if you have any questions, I'm going to put um, a hotline for depression and suicide prevention in the show notes at gratefulbadass.com in regards to episode this episode, episode 43, if you have any questions um, or need any further, further information in regards to mental health, mental uh, wellness, um, suicide prevention, and some a lot of the topics that we spoke on on today. So if you need any help, there's a concern. Uh, I hope that this conversation was informative for you as just as much as it was for me. It definitely was. Like I said, this is, this is a topic that's been on my heart and mind for a number of years. And I'm so very thankful and grateful to Allison for sitting down and speaking with uh, the Grateful Badass podcast. All right, guys, not going to hold you much longer. Hope you have an awesome weekend. All the best to you and yours. Uh, let us know what you got going on this weekend. I'm on social media at, at Grateful Badass on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. Just tag us and let us know so we can keep up with you and uh, you and yours. All right. And I'm signing off. And as my maternal grandmother would always say, have a good day today and a better day tomorrow. Bye.